hello. Thank you for listening to Bravo Lowdown. I'm Valerie, and I'm so excited because I'm going to recap the long-awaited Vanderpump Rules season premiere from last night, January 7th, 2020. Woohoo! I felt like it took forever for this show to come back on. I don't know. I mean... I'm not that big of a fan. I'm not Googling all the premiere dates, but didn't it seem like it took forever? I mean, the wedding for Jason, I mean, Jax and Brittany was like in June. So it's been seven months since they got married. Um, by the way, they were on Watch What Happens Live last night. I don't know if you watched it. Um, they seem, you know, really happy and in tune and a pretty cute couple still. And I mean, you know, not still, but they just, you know, they've got their dynamic. Um, and it, it's pretty cute. I think, you know, Brittany puts up with a lot of, you know, Jason's hate. J Jack, sorry. I call him Jason and I cannot help it. I've been calling him Jason for years. And because of the revelation, the first season, hello, he sat down with that shrink and he's like, my name's not really Jackson, Jason. I'm a big fat liar. I took the name to make me more cool. I mean, it was just, you know, and I never got over it. Um, it's the same with Taylor. Her real name is Sheena or Shanna, something like that. So it's interesting people that change their names, but I digress. So it was super, super exciting last night. But I um, did, I mean, I enjoyed the episode because like I said, I wanted to see their houses. I was excited, you know, to finally see all the stuff that we saw play out on Instagram. And another, I mean, like I said, it felt like they bought those houses a long time ago. But um, that's how TV rolls. So it started out with the two Toms rolling in on the motorcycle and sidecar into Tom Tom. And Sandoval is talking about how excited he is that he has his own restaurant and then kind of puts a little side note in there. Well, it's Lisa's restaurant. She's the one that's really in charge. And they introduce us to what he describes as the glue that holds the place together. And that would be Matt. Max is the new addition. I don't know if he's like a 2.0 Jason Jacks spinoff. And they're picking up. I mean, I wasn't impressed. I don't think that he's sexy. Um, he looks kind of, you know, maybe not very tall, which isn't. A bad thing, but um, I mean, Jason Jacks isn't that tall in reality, and this guy looks shorter than Sandoval. I just, I mean, I can't, it's not about height, but it's just for me, you know, a hunky, studly guy is at least 5'9, and I don't think that this guy's even that, but he just kind of looks like this shrimpy little guy with an overly cocky attitude. Sheena admits um, that she was dating him and said that she gave him an Apple watch. She has this thing about buying men gifts. Somebody needs to talk to her about that. I mean, I'm sure somebody has, but she needs to get it dunk, 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 into her little Fred Flintstone noggin. But, you know, you don't buy men gifts in the beginning of your 
I mean, you you don't buy men gifts, period. You get him like a birthday gift, but you don't like, you know, I just bought him an Apple Watch. I mean, what else did she buy a guy a shooting star or freaking chimpanzee at a zoo or something? But um, so she admits to dating Max, and then they introduce another girl named Dana. Dana with the Y, by the way, and then we get a revelation. I didn't recognize her, that she was the girl that Peter trotted off with and went behind a closed door. Personally, I didn't know that was the bathroom. I thought they went off to a bedroom to have sex. So glad they got all of that worked out. So, uh, you know, that comes a little bit later. So you've got this really pretty girl, um, a new front girl. Her name is Dana. And she admits, you know, hey, I went out last night, hooked up with Max. And there was like an awkward conversation in the kitchen and it seemed a little fake to me. I mean, I, I just thought it, I didn't feel like it was a natural conversation. And I know a lot of these shows, especially Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of Orange County. I mean, there's maybe some others, but they get away with quote reenacting unquote situations and calling it reality tv southern charm same thing and these it's not that they're scripted it's like i said they're reenactments and probably embellished and maybe some other things thrown in like last season was it where supposedly um ken and lisa walked into the restaurant and they kind of like showed tom and ariana sitting there and then they heard them that was a reenactment I'm sure that really happened and they're like, this is great. You know, this is part of our story and they put it on the show. So in a sense, it's reality TV. This is my opinion. I could be completely wrong, but this is just what I have learned over the years watching the shows and what reality TV is. So if it seemed awkward, you know, I don't know if these two really did hook up. So it kind of wonders, like, how far will they stretch the line of reality? And, yeah, sometimes there are real explosions. I think that shit really happens naturally on TV. So um, there's some awkward exchange, and then we're kind of finding out that Max is some kind of playboy, and then he like, makes a comment about, oh, I'm not supposed to, I shouldn't be sleeping with employees. And she's like, well, I'm moving to Sir." over where Brett and Sheena and um, Jason is, Jackson is. Oh my gosh, I gotta stop doing that. So they just, clearly she's, she's interested in Max. I don't see what this beautiful woman is interested in, such a douchey, misogynist, wannabe playboy who's not good looking, but more power to her. Maybe she's that desperate to be on TV. So let's move along. We go to Stassi and Bo. Our Stassi's beloved grandmother died, and she's they're in their bedroom, and she's upset, you know, about it. And she's talking about, I think, having to write a eulogy. And then she goes on about her what she would like at her funeral, and it's just Stassi's way of being funny, and it's a little morbid, and you know, it's cute, and I think that's what everybody likes about Stassi. And we're going to get to the little diss from LVP. She's talking about Stassi and her book. And she couldn't remember the name of it. She was like, uh, 
Becca, what was it? Basic back with Stassi? Oh, what is that name? Oh, I can't think of it, darlings, but it's a wonderful book. Oh, that is like, mm, girl, you know Stassi was not happy when she saw that. So they're in the bedroom, and then we're going to go to, they show, you know, like, they show a Laurel Canyon sign, but these people are not living in Laurel Canyon. They are out in the suburbs somewhere, which is fine. And we get to Jax and Jason. I mean, Jax. What? You guys, I need to edit this out, I think. So Jax and Brittany at their house. And then they show Tom and Ariana at their house, who I love. And I think are probably the most genuine of all the couples. And Tom's like, oh, this is going to be my break dancing room. I'm so excited. And then they shoot over to um, Katie and Tom's house. And, you know, they're just kind of hanging pictures up and getting their house ready and discussing uh, having a party. And they're going to call it a... Not a housewarming party, but a house chill party. And I guess some people are going to wear pajamas and kind of explains the pictures because I think the only two that end up wearing pajamas are Sandoval and Schwartz. So big, big shocker there. And the conversation with Tom and Ariana and Jax and Brittany are about a divide and... It's not really, you know, over the knot attending the the bachelor thing for Sandoval. He is bummed out because he felt Jax was doing a one-upper because they both bought their houses around the same time as we all remember. And he felt that, you know, Jason, um, Jax and Brittany, you know, may have got a larger home and... Jax was putting all of that into um, Sandoval's face and was saying like, oh, we're in a better school district. Our house is larger because we're going to have kids. And it's no secret that Tom and Ariana are not in the market for having children. They're not married. They're just really content with the relationship that they have going on. And personally, I feel like Sandoval is so was was probably hurt by that because I think that deep down inside um, he would like to be married and have children, but he's with somebody who doesn't. And I think that he'd rather be with somebody and in love than starting all over. I don't know. So it's a it's an interesting situation and dynamic because. If you have friends that are evolving, and I'm not saying, you know, everybody has to get married. Everybody has to get kids and that that's a part of evolving. I think that Tom and Ariana buying their house, they are evolving too, but they're not going in the family direction. And sometimes that can strain a relationship. And I don't think there's anything wrong with what Tom and Ariana are doing. I kind of actually admire it. They're not like caving in, keeping up with the Joneses and, oh, you know, now we got to get married. Now we got to have kids. And then they're sitting there with two kids going, well, I'm not happy. And then the kids suffer. So, you know, more power to them. 
I think that um, I just love them out of all of the whole cast. I know everybody likes Stassi and Bo, but I just really like Sandoval and Ariana. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. But damn right. So then we cut to Stassi and Bo um, show up for, it looks at Tom Tom for dinner, a nice quiet dinner. And they're so, you know, she's still mourning and grieving the loss of her beloved grandmother. And, you know, they kind of were having a light conversation and then LVB comes up and asks how they're doing and asks if she can have a moment alone with Stassi. And I was like, I think I see the guys want me over there. Something like that. And, you know, staged and, they kind of had a little uh, sit down and then that was when they, you know, LVP's building up. Well, you've got this book. You're doing so well in life. Your grandmother would be so proud, darling. And then they um, scoot to LVP in her interview and she can't remember the name of the book. And I just loved that. I was like, oh, but anyway, so they talk about Kristen and her fake breakup, which is like none of anybody's business. I think the biggest question from fans is why? Like you're going to put Kristen's relationship on blast to like hide what for everybody else? And Stassi says, you know, she's not sure that she can be friends with Kristen, which we know Lisa loves darling. She's never liked Kristen. A lot of people don't like Kristen. There's a lot of rumors out there about Kristen that she has really bad drinking issues and that she's a falling down drunk, alleged falling down drunk um, at a lot of uh, parties and whatnot. And she's seen in public acting that way. So maybe going after her for her relationship status and this live-in guy that doesn't have a job or whatever, then, you know, making then pointing out you drink too much because then other people could come at them and say, well, isn't that hypocritical? You guys, the show is based on binge drinking. So I don't know. So we go back to Jason Jackson, Brittany's house and show them talking about the demise of Sandoval's wedding. And Jason Jack says something about, you know, we really don't have anything in common anymore. And then what was really great was when they flashed to Katie and Schwartz at their house, Katie brings up uh, Kristen and her relationship with Carter. And she's like, and it was really quick. And I loved Schwartz, you know, she was like, well, I, I just don't know what to you know, say about this. And Schwartz is like, I think it's best that we don't say anything about it. So clear, you know, it's obviously what's leading up here and how, Kristen's just, she's going to take a fall on this, this season. And we'll have to watch and see how that all plays out. So then we go over to Lisa Vanderpump's beautiful, gorgeous home. And she answers the door and there's Lala and they go and sit down. And um, it does look like Lisa's got a, a, a rosé and, and Lala's drinking some kind of orange drink. I don't know what it is. The dog accosts Lisa, <laughs> which was hysterical. And then Lisa, before that, did, did kind of like chime in about her um, opening Vanderpump Garden. And they showed clips of the big grand opening. And we saw that all play out on Instagram. And that was actually 
lot like that was a while ago too but um I digress with that so then they sit down and um Lisa Lalov reveals, can you believe it? I've been sober seven months. And what was interesting is Lisa's face was not that of, oh, it's wonderful, darling. It was just kind of deadpan. I, you know, she holds her arms up. She's like cheering and Lisa's just lackluster. Oh, okay. And then Lala kind of goes on a thing about how, she doesn't attack people anymore and that she's a nicer person and all this, they show all these clips of her yelling and screaming at people. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the truth and, you know, how it all plays out. I kind of felt like her, it wasn't just her drinking. Um, it was her ego and entitlement. Um, the, what do you call it? That, panic attacks for attention and all of that last season and just a lot of ass kissing. I don't see, um, a lot of the crew on her plane a lot over the last six, seven months. So maybe, you know, those friendships have kind of, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's just funny. They all hated Lala. She got with Randall. He's rich as fuck. He's got a private plane. He's willing to take the kids, no, they're not kids, take the crew on fabulous vacations. Most likely he foots the whole bill and Lala's their new best friend. I mean, I don't know what you can say about that that is so fake and phony, but more power to them because, you know, they all seem to be getting along famously. So then Lisa discusses Lala no longer working at... Um, this restaurant anymore. And she's like, well, how can she get off a private plane, darling? And go hostess. Well, just because it was for TV. <laughs> I mean, what's interesting about the evolution of the housewives is they're admitting they're on TV and they're bringing up blogs and fans and, you know, um, the show, they actually act like they're on a show before that was never, you know, really brought out that these were public people. They used to pretend like they were quote, real housewives, end quote. So you didn't, you know, you didn't have a lot of that. And I think Vanderpump Rules kind of needs to get on board with that. Because pretending that all these people work at the restaurant or have worked there for they haven't for many years. Um, they pretended that they were living in these apartments. Maybe they were, but I kind of feel like, no, I think they were had better digs somewhere else. And they kept leasing these apartments um, for the show to go back and film in, in the show. I just, I mean, they were, or maybe because they were always traveling, but they didn't care that they were living in the other apartments. But I mean, I've read stuff where, like Sandoval had a manager who sued him because he got, you know, a big deal and Sandoval pulled a Bethany Frankel and fired the manager before the big deal was going through. So he didn't have to pay him his commission on it. And of course the manager sued him and part of the lawsuit would have revealed Sandoval's big deal, how much he gets paid in this and that. And the Bravo was so intent on keeping their salaries hidden and not, letting it be known that they're 
not starving artists. They're not working, you know, waiting tables. And by the way, waiting tables is great money, but I digress on that. If you're in the right location and it seemed like they were in the right location, but, um, back to the point. So the manager, um, was quickly settled out of court. So they didn't have to go and reveal all that. And he was paid and he went away. And I don't think that he was just some scumbag that climbed out of the woodwork. I think a lot of these people climb to fame and they have mediocre agents or mediocre representation. And as they grow more uh, popular, the, you know, more reputable sort of representation reaches out to them. And of course they're going to take it because, you know, they want to take advantage of every opportunity they can, because this is a short window of success in the realm of how long these people will be living on the planet if they reach old age. So it's, you got to get it while it's like getting is hot. So the reason why I told that story is because I think all of this with this manager guy, I don't know if he's a manager or a wannabe actor or, you know, they all work in the restaurants to get to their acting careers, but I just don't like it. I don't like how they're spinning this misogynist. I sleep with everybody. I'm the playboy manager. And then, you know, it just gets to it. So then we get to the house chilling party, not the housewarming party, the house chilling party. And it looks like they're filling up squirt guns of vodka and busting out all the booze. And I don't know if they're supposed to come in jammies. You know, Ariane comes in this cute little sexy um, shorts and half top and Schwartz is in like an old man gown that you would see like in the Victorian era. <laughs> That's all I could think of. I just don't like night shirts on anybody. I didn't like them in the eighties. They were super popular. Tom's got on like a striped onesie with this light up, you know, shoes that third graders wear. Um, and it looks like they got some food. And what was funny right off the bat, Peter has a sit down with Dana. Dana with the Y, y'all. And he's like, oh, you know, it's kind of weird. You're going to come work at Sir. And we had that hookup. And she's like, what hookup? Uh, remember at the hotel, we hooked up. We went off and she's like, you took me to the bathroom. And he's like, yeah. And we made out in the bathroom. She's like, no, we didn't. And then she says something. I'm pretty sure I remember kissing a pirate, you know made a funny joke. Um, she's like, I was peeing. It's not a big thing. We didn't make out. And he's like, Oh, okay. Whatever. Uh, Peter is still hunky. He's looking good. He looks like he's kind of buffed up a little bit. I wish he was on the show more, but I get it. He is truly running things at sir with that Guillermo Guillermo. And they post some real sexy pictures. I love it. So everybody is at the party mingling. And Dana gets a little upset because she overhears a conversation about Max going with Sheena on a couple's vacation to Palm Springs. And then Brett walks up. And then there's going to be a conversation with Brett and um, Max. See, Brett, I, I like Brett. I just don't know what the draw to Max is, but that's me. And Katie overhears it. 
And Max is going, oh, yeah, you know, she's boy crazy, da-da-da. And he kind of, like, says some things to her. And then Katie runs over to Sheena. Guess what? Max is talking about you to Brett in the kitchen. You might want to go check it out. And, of course, Sheena's all over that. She runs in there, and they have this whole confrontation that ends up to Sheena almost crying. And what's actually funny is just the look on Brett's face watching Sheena unravel. And you could hear him. You could literally hear him thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> it was it was pretty pretty crazy. And Schwartz is sitting there. He's kind of a little drunk and he's just like, oh, you know, you could, you could just tell everybody she does batshit crazy. I mean, she's like, I don't like being crazy. You just, you, I, I just you go back and watch that scene over and over the look on Brett's face. So what gets a little more interesting is Lala feels that the house chill party is the appropriate time to um, have a one-on-one -on -one with Carter because she was sitting there dishing about it with the other girls, which is super, so appropriate, you know, at a house chill party. While somebody's in the other, just yards away or just yards away, let's have a conversation about her relationship. When let's all have a conversation about y'all's relationship. Because, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot there to discuss. Nobody is perfect, but hey, let's make this show all about let's get rid of Kristen and lay down the road work now. So, Lala, like I said, Lala and I don't remember who it was, said we're sitting there, you know, having their conversation. And then Lala just takes it upon herself to, like, uh, hey, Cooper, can I have a one on one with you? And. Carter, I called him Cooper. It was uh, Katie and Lala were having, sorry, I had to go over my notes here. And, you know, they're just like dishing on Kristen and she's over there playing, having a good time. But their main priority is Kristen's relationship with Carter. So they go back. Also, I totally... left out where Stassi went over to Kristen's house and had to sit down with her and there, you know, there was a lot going on with Stassi trying to clear the air with Kristen about her lying about her relationship with um, Carter and she goes over there when you're moving out. This all preceded the party and I'm sorry, I forgot to flip my damn page and go to that. I just went right to the chill party. But it seemed like at the end of the conversation, they were fine. So leading up to the thing, you know, they're still talking about it. You know, just let things kind of happen. Kirsten's got to move out of her place. She said that he's got his own place. And Kirsten keeps saying to everybody, uh, I'm just not breaking up the way you guys want me to break up with them. And this is what works for me. And just let me do this. I got it. So what got me was Lala taking Carter aside and calling him a, a basically a mooch and that, you know, Kristen is a sugar mama and 
she says some goofy ass lingo while she's talking to him like, Oh, you know, you ain't got no job and then you got your your, you know, your mama whatever whatever she said. I can't even think of it. And he's just like, Whatever. Um, Kristen sees them talking, she doesn't go out and interrupt it, and then in the meantime, Jackson Sandoval have the seat sit down and He's like, hey, man, I just kind of felt like you were one up in me. I haven't felt close to you in a while. Jason's like, oh, you know, I mean, Jack says, oh, you know, I'm getting married. I got to get up. I got to go to school. We're going to have three kids. And, uh, another kind of rehearsed moment because I don't think that they would wait till the middle of the party to have this out, you know. And then he's like, look, Jason, I, I did text you. Here they are. And he shows them on the phone. Jason's like, well, I didn't see him. And, you know, they're like, all right, you're best man again, yada, 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 let's move on. But then let's go to the end of the party where everybody is going to have a freak out on Kristen. Um, they see Carter go up and she's like, they're talking. Kristen's upset that Lala said something to him and they see him whispering sweet nothings into her ear and her kind of melting to it. And him hugging her and walking away and he blows her some kisses and everybody is pissed. They really do not like Carter. They don't like the fact he's there. They don't like anything about, oh shoot, I hope that doesn't, but they don't like anything about the whole situation. And personally, I'm like, why do y'all care so much? I think that each his own and who is Lala she says oh I know I'm you know people could say the same thing about me hooking up with Randall but I do things around the house and all Carter does is sit on his ass and play video games so either Kristen is playing both sides of the fence and she goes and cries about Carter so if she does this is all on her they're saying that she does and that they're driving her nuts with all her crying about Carter, but there he is. So at the end of the day, they shouldn't be having any conversations with Carter, right? That's all on Kristen. So why would Lala take him aside and be like, I don't like the way you're doing my friend. She just kind of looks like a big fat hypocrite because I don't think she had much to take in the game. Last season, she was bragging about how she slept with Randall on the first date, got a range rover, and how when she wants things, she gives him special sexual favors and other things that got her into trouble with 50 Cent. I mean, I doubt that's going to play out. And what's funny is Andy brought up that whole feud on Watch What Happens Live, but really didn't get into the deep, dirty part of what really fueled it. And it was Lala clapping back. And, I mean, it's just so funny the the amount of ass-kissing that goes on in this industry and the omission of real facts. So it all kind of goes south. You know, they're trying to talk to Kristen. They start having it out. And then here comes Raging Katie again. She says that she's her friend. But, oh, yeah, good friends always yell at you. In front of a whole house warming chill party of people. I mean, and it, Kristen can't even look at her. She's got her back, and there's Katie still yelling at her. And Schwartz even walks in. Oh, shit, is that my wife? And Sandoval's like, that, that's your wife. And he's like, oh, fuck. 
you know, and he's like kind of thinking, I hope she's not yelling about me. So it was just an interesting season premiere. Um, the, the introduction of the new characters, yay. I like Dana. I hate Max. Brett, I'm still on the fence about, but I actually think he may have a good head on his shoulders. I just want to ask myself, why do I want to watch this guy, Max? It seems like he's going to be the guy they're going to try to build up to be this new Jax Taylor 2.0 spin-off playboy manager extraordinaire. And I really could give... I, I, I'm trying to be nice. I just don't think he's attractive, number one. I feel like this guy belongs in the 90s. You know, he's going to go serve Jaeger shots and Purple Hooters. There's just something about his cockiness and attitude that doesn't seem very 2020 to me. And that's all I got to say about that. I felt Dana was a lovely addition. I'm looking forward to her. Like I said, I'm kind of out on Brett, but so far I like him. Just as long as he stays away from Sheena. Um, it was nice seeing all the houses as far as a season premiere. I mean, it wasn't that exciting. Um, but, you know, it's a start. And I look forward to seeing a little bit more, except for Max. So, that is it. As far as what the viewers are saying... Um, it seems like everybody else kind of feels the same way. Um, we've got, uh, some people said, oh, it was nice. Some said it was lame. Some said, you know, I'm not watching this season. First time ever since the beginning. I don't care about their houses, their fights, their new people or what. Or that completely pathetic Sheena. So desperate for a boyfriend. I would like to see Jackson, Brittany's wedding. But the rest of it, not just. The rest is just too much. And in closing, before anyone takes advice from that prostitute, they should consider how she got her station in life. And just walk away. That was a good comment. Someone said it was boring. One person says, I can't hear. any. Oh, sorry. I don't know why I'm reading that. Um, and you know, there was other comments about Max as well, um, being a misogynist and saying, oh, you know, good luck finding anybody else like that, that still exists, you know, in that industry. He's the manager, misogynist managers like him or a dime a dozen, and, you know, the comments like that go on and on. So should be interesting. The previews um, for the rest of the season look, um, you know, I guess like fun. There was maybe, a, I mean, you showed Jax's wedding. Oh, what's funny is last night on Watch What Happens Live, Andy was asking all these questions about the wedding. And like they had um, who, you know, who was the most drunk? Who was the most fun? Da, da, da. And then they asked who was the most annoying? And they said, Shepard. From Southern Charm. Well, they called him Shep, but we know they were talking about Shepard. And he said that he videoed and gave away 
everything about the wedding and that as they were literally walking down the aisle, he was standing there in their faces with the phone and that he was talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like you reap what you sow, you know, and ha ha ha. I saw all those videos. I, I don't think I saved any of them. But anyway, I digress again. Thank you so much for listening to my recap. Um, I love Vanderpump Rules. I have to say when it came on last night, I was cooking dinner because it comes on early here for me in California because I get the East Coast feed on my satellite, y'all. I don't have to wait till 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock. It's kind of awesome. I actually will not switch to cable because of that fact. But um, it came on while I was making dinner and, you know, the song came on and I was dancing. I even got like a little bit of chills. It's been that long. It feels like it's been forever. So I'm glad to see it back. I was glad to see Lisa back. I missed her badly on TV and look forward to recapping more. And I hope everyone has a lovely day. And thank you again to my nine listeners. Well, I think there's like three to nine, but thank you guys for listening and moi.